Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the official Tennis.com podcast featuring professional coach and community leader, Kamal Murray. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I am your host, Kamal Murray, and we are here with my good friend, a mentor to me, a legend in the game, the voice and the face of Tennis Channel and TC Live, right? We, we, She's made all of us step our game up. With you the pumping whole me up call. right here. What you need, Cabal? You pumping <laughs> me up. I'm feeling it, though. I'm feeling it. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm asking all, all this kudos I'm giving you. I'm asking you for a favor at the end. <laughs> you know, they always make you feel warm and fuzzy, and then they ask you for something, right? <laughs> but we're here with former top 10 player, singles and doubles, uh, one of the best tennis minds. I'm still not understanding why we've never seen her in the coach's box with all she knows. I don't know if she like want that pressure, right? You know what I mean? There's too many good coaches out there. I mean, you know. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> we, we are here with Chanda Rubin. Chandra, welcome to the show. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm looking forward to this one. So we're gonna we're gonna get it. We're gonna we're gonna get it. So you know, this is the week before the US Open. And you know, I went through my Rolodex and who can talk about Serena, right? We are honestly witnessing history. We're seeing the end of an era. Um, I think we all sort of saw it coming, but now that it's here, I mean, ticket sales through the roof. People are already starting to cry. People who don't even watch tennis calling me, come out, can you give me some tickets, right? So it's yeah. kind of like, okay, we, we need to like tap in and talk about what we are witnessing. Uh, and I know you played against Serena and have a win. And so we've seen a lot of young people or a lot of people who under normal circumstances never get even close to having a win against Serena. And now they're getting these, I call them cheap wins against Serena, right? Um, so tell yes, me about- It's different. It's different, right? Yeah. Tell me about your two matches against Serena. I played Serena uh, in 2002. I played her when she was had gotten to number one, was on the way to winning, I think that first Serena slam where she had already won the French. I played her at Wimbledon the first time. She had already won the French, I believe, was gonna win Wimbledon. So clearly she beat me. Right. Um, <laughs> and she would win the US Open and the Australian Open the following year. Um, you know, so she, you know, was playing fantastic, had lost very few matches and you just knew like you had to come with it against Serena. And the first time I played her at Wimbledon, I was thought it was playing pretty well. I'd actually been coming back from injury beginning of the year. I'd had surgery. Um, so it spent the kind of the summer coming back, playing some matches and was feeling pretty good um, at Wimbledon. And I kind of got tuned. I felt like it was just a routine match, three and two or something. I was like, what, what happened? You know, um, you know, serving big, hard to read her serve. She's got one of the best serves, you know, ever in, in the women's game. And, you know, it, she could hit it to each spot. You know, she was such a strong mover. 
And just the intensity she brought, the, the sheer physicality of her game was just tough to match up, point in and point out. And I felt like I had a pretty big game uh, and felt pretty good about my chances going in. But, you know, pretty straightforward and on grass, right? Pretty straightforward. But you got to learn. You play Serena, you know, the, one of the best things about it is you test your game and you try to figure it out. You try to see how you can get better. It forces you to a different level. And it's part of why we see even players now they go up against her and they play some of their best tennis because they know they have to, you know, it's a win-win. It's nothing to lose. There's so many things that go come into play when you're going up against an all-time great like that. So, you know, I felt it, I felt it. But after that match, did some work with my coach in terms of, you know, what actually was going on, looking at a little data. We see players now kind of doing more of that. Back then you did a little, but you didn't have the, the data you have now. But we did look at a little data, looked at, you know, tendencies, that kind of thing. And so when I got the chance to play her again a couple of months later in Manhattan Beach, um, the uh, L.A. tournament, you know, I felt a little better. And at least I had something to work with. And I ended up winning that match in a tie break in the third set. And I'm not going to lie, it was tough. I was down 4-1 in the third. I'm not sure how I won. (laughs) But all I know is... You know, I, I stayed in there. I kept competing because that was the, the number one thing I talked with my coach, Benny Sims, about before that match. He was like, you got to match the intensity. Like, it's the one thing from the get-go. You got to stay with her on because she's going to outfight you and outwill you and outcome on you and all those other things. And so so that was kind of number one. And then, you know, two and three were some, some technical things in terms of returning and trying to figure out where she likes to serve on big points. And I think that's still part of how you have to play Serena. You know, otherwise you will have no chance in terms when she's serving well, you will have no chance to even get into those games. Um, and for me and my style, I had to attack when, whenever I could. I mean, physically, I wasn't going to necessarily match her shot in and shot out. I mean, I had a big shot. I had a forehand. So I had to work to get that weapon come into play, get that to come into play and then try to get in. And so at the end in the tie break, that's where I was. I was at the net. Can't just mm-hmm. go to the net to shake hands. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta get up there. <laughs> so, I, like that. I mean, it's, it, it was real. And, um, you know, at the end, I, it was funny. One moment uh, in the tie break, you know, she starts like grunting. And I was so into the moment. I was so into the match. I started grunting too. I never <laughs> grunted, but she was like, ah, and I'll come in, ah, you know, and we were just like, going at it that way. Um, you know, but I mean, that was a part of it. You got to stay in the moment. You have to, you know, at a certain point, just believe and, and go get it. And for me, it was one of the best matches that I played. And, you know, it helped elevate my game, whole learning experience that after the match, um, you know, she was like, you know what? We'll win the tournament now. <laughs> You're right, not done. You better, you better and I think she, she sure is right. And I, I got, I won the tournament. <laughs> oh, okay. So you beat me. You better win this whole thing. That's so right. I gotta, lose you. And like, you know, oh, she was playing well that week. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. She was playing well that whole year, that whole summer. So yeah, she was like, go win it. And you know, when Serena kind of tells you something, you go, huh, let me think about that. Yes. She's a champion. She's a champion through and through. I mean, whether you beat her or not, you know what you've come up against. So it's funny. You mentioned something. You talked about the data, right? One of, I think, her biggest disadvantages is, and this is having coached against her. Everybody she's playing now, been watching her play tennis for 20 years. Yes. So we have 20 years 
of like just visual data and now analytical data on her mm -hmm. where she playing these babies, right? That just start playing on Hawkeye courts and it's not that much data on them. So Correct. I think when you look at this era, the people who've been out there the longest actually have a disadvantage and Serena the most. Cause these girls, everyone at Beast her, I grew up playing her, you're damn right, right? And you now you know what to expect from her. And so mm -hmm. Sloan played her, I was coaching Sloan at the time and Sloan played her a couple of years ago during the COVID US Open. Up six, three, two, zero, like 40, 15. I remember that. Oh, man, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, like this, this match is actually happening exactly how we talked about, right? No surprises. This this is happening exactly. as we talk, yeah. right? Um, and then and then you start hearing the roar, right? So this touches on your part about the grunt and the roar, right? And so you know you have a break, a set and a break, right? And then you start to hear that roar, and then you start to be like, oh, she, she awake, right? And like a lot of players, I think over the years have had her beat up until the point where you start to hear that roar, right? And then it's like, uh-oh, now she mad kind of thing, right? And that, and the, it's and real, that, it's a force. It is It is a force, you know, just like she's a force, that part of her is a, like a whole nother force that yeah. you have to deal with. Yeah. Yes, and you could have tactically, academically, the match all planned out. Yeah. It goes up. out the window then. No, at that point, it's out the window. Like you gotta just be like it's something in your gut that's gotta come back up out and try to go toe to toe with that force that she's actually bringing to, yes. into play. It's yes. it's real, yeah. I mean, and and that that I think, if you look back, one of the things I remember about her is how she can control a match or take back control of a match. If you're a little bit scared mm -hmm. or a little bit unsure, that roar is gonna take whatever belief you had up until that point away from you, and that to me is just such an intangible that we don't talk about. But having sat there in a quiet stadium, in a COVID stadium, right? And she started you roaring. It. You I'm felt like, it. Yeah. I'm like, that roar was like 19,000 people, but it was just, <laughs> huh, right? So, so I think that the impact yeah. of that is one thing. I think the other thing, Chana, touched on this. When you play Serena, you feel like, or these years, you felt like you played a whole business. How she walks through the player lounge, the dining hall with mm. 10 people, right? And you mm -hmm. feel, it, and the big hair, right? The ponytail mm -hmm. with the frizzy, right? You feel like you're playing like a whole business. And I think that gets to the first two, three games of the match, right? I don't see anybody other than maybe the Federer, even a doll, you don't feel like you're playing a whole business. But Federer, you feel like you're playing a whole business. There's no other woman on tour now where you feel, maybe Osaka's getting there a little bit, where you feel like you're playing a whole business. Talk about that feeling when you like just are walking past her and the entourage in the hall of the US Open. I mean, it's, it's that aura we talk about, right? For, you know, a great player and for Serena, you know, it, it's even more elevated. You know, it, I mean, she's an all time great. She's, she's been doing this you know, she is established, she's proven, you know, she's organized, she's got it together. I mean, how else do you consistently bring the results that she brings into play? And so that part, if 
I think for a lot of play for, for uh, probably just about every player, you don't know what that feels like, but she does. And it's like that feeling of what you're going up against. It's the complete unknown of it along with everything else. And I think that's part of what gets her, you know, as you said, those first two or three games, if she's just making balls, you feel like it's bigger than just the tennis ball on the court. You feel the weight of what's coming at you, even though she's just making balls first few games, she's just getting into the match. So that is part of what gets you those first few games, that other player on the other side, it's just not ready. They're just not ready to deal yet. They don't even know what they were, they got to deal with. So how can they be ready? Like they don't know until they get a few games coming into play of exactly what it's going to feel like to go up against her. So I think that's part of what gets, you know, gets you, you know, a few games right out of the gate. And, and right now, to your point, a little bit of that is, is missing because even though players feel it, she's not quite making balls like she did. She's not quite as organized as she was, you know, even though you players may feel like she is, and they may be uncertain as to what they're going to face. She's not actually in the same space, Serena. And so you're seeing just that little edge that she's giving away right now in these matches. And it's understandable. She hadn't played in a year and, you know, she's got to be feeling more uncertain. Right. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the play. That wasn't the case when she was, you know, in the thick of it and playing some of her best tennis, even after coming back from, you know, maternity leave. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. So let me ask you, so you, you brought up maternity leave, right? A lot of people now, when they talk about Serena, I'm like, you know, and I just hear like the layman talking about, oh my gosh, she came back after being a mother and having a baby. And she's just showing her great courage, ability to come back and compete, be a mother. And I feel like we're losing some of the pre-pregnancy Serena, where the part that I respect about her the most is, you know, I've coached players who you know, you win a title, even if you get to the finals of a title, right? And then the next year, you're like, I got to go back and defend. And like Radakanu about to fill it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she now she got to go and defend yes. this couple thousand points, right? When you think about pre-pregnancy Serena, where she was so dominant and every match she played was going to be a career win mm-hmm. for whoever she played and a headline loss if she ever lost it, right? The, 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 the ability to take on that pressure every single match and not be allowed to have a hiccup. I mean, you see Swiatek, she ain't won a few minutes. She ain't, you know, she's not winning like she was pre, like, you know, pre French Open, right? She didn't have some mm-hmm. hiccup. No one really talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. After a big streak like that. But Serena has never been allowed to have a hiccup. Mm-hmm. The pressure of having to live your life and play matches under that under that sort of circumstance to me is what makes her, you know, next to Billie Jean King, right? Probably the bravest woman, female athlete that I, woman, forget about athlete, the bravest woman, because I know what it feels like to be like, oh, she gotta go and defend, and this is a match you should win, right? But mm-hmm. this player's kind of talented and they can play. Tell me about what you remember about her, because I, I feel like we're losing the, the pre-pregnancy 
just killer, right? Pure mm -hmm. athlete. Now she's a mother, she's an icon, she's this. But before, she was just the best athlete in the world. Right. And I think even after her her pregnancy and, and having her daughter, I think we still had that. I mean, she got to four major finals, you know, like, I mean, if you think about it, you know, things shift, things change, but, you know, she still had, you know, that sort of, you know, Serena instinct. Um, I think she struggled in the finals and, and some of that came into play, you know, just the, the change in, in, you know, your whole life and how you, um, sort of approach your life, you know, your perspective, you become a parent and, and especially becoming a mom because you physically have to have the child and go through all of that, you know, so your body changes along with your mindset. And so I think, you know, pre-motherhood, pre you know, a lot of that thinking Serena didn't have to have come into play, you know, you didn't have to be soft, you didn't have to, you know, embrace that aspect of, you know, you could be this hardcore athlete and, you know, already as a, as a female athlete, you're, you're seeing a more manly in some right. ways, you know, and right. certainly she got it because of, you know, her physique and how strong she was and, you know, what she brought to the table in that way, good or bad. Um, but, you know, we all get it to a certain degree just because of how how we go at things pretty hard and, and Serena harder than most. So I think it's shifted and it's changed. But I think part of the struggle now is the fact that she's been out for that whole year. So number one, physically, that's a challenge for anybody across the board. But then you throw into into the context She's been immersed in her life, her role as a wife, her role as a mother, you know, she's looking at her businesses and it's, it's more of a normal life that mm -hmm. she has been living, even though it's not normal. I mean, mm -hmm. you consider Serena's life normal, nobody has that norm, but it's still a more normal kind of thinking and approach to life that she's had over this last year. So for me, my opinion, these months now that she's playing, she's dealing with with that part too, like how does she keep the the hardness, the killer instinct, right. and turn it on after not having it on for this long? It's just it's a different mindset, and when you are in tennis and immersed in it, you kind of know the difference. You know, it's funny. So when I first started coaching Willie T Willis Thomas, we call him Willie T. Right? He said, "Come out, let's give you some advice. You can't have them feel too full. Right? They got to feel a little bit empty. Right?" And so I haven't coached on tour right, for like eight years now. I kind of see what he meant. I didn't really understand what he meant then. But when I look at like players who've come and gone, right? So you look at like uh, Sybil Kova was one where just what we used to call her like just, you know, energizing the bunny, right? Got mm -hmm. married. You can see a little bit happy, a little bit like, oh, well, I'm happy with my life. Like, and it, it makes you a little full, right? Mm. And then you try to sort of manufacture this emptiness and this like really deep in the pit of your stomach, like, oh, I'm not happy, I'm not satisfied. But you kind of are like, man, you know, I go home and you know, I got my family, I got this. You do sort of like, as you get later in your career, you become more full with the other parts of life. Mm -hmm. And then you struggle to, to manufacture what you talk about, what you just said was this emptiness and this like, where do you pull this fight from? And so when mm -hmm. I think about Serena, who has everything, right? And you can see some of the roar now is her manufacturing like this like deep emptiness fight, just that kind of thing. But the truth is she's like had a 
amazing career. She's not empty. She's very full, right? And it's harder to dig. In addition to the physical part, right? Yeah. Mentally, right. it's harder to be like, man, I'm like, yeah. if I don't win this match, I'm, I'm going to be on the homeless tomorrow. You can't manufacture yeah. that, right? You know? Well, and I think also, you know, because what you just sort of touched on, I think is an important factor, you know, the physical part of it. Um, because sometimes that can get you part of the way when mentally you're not all the way there yet, but the physical part, the fact that you've been back training, you've been hitting it hard, you've been able, you know, to push your body, you've gone through some pain and, and, you know, to get yourself to that place where you're, you know, going into a match or a tournament and, you know, ready to play. And that can help kind of create that a little bit of fire, that little bit of hardness, that little bit of, you know, just meanness you kind of need um, you know, when, when you toss the balls up. And I think for Serena, she probably hasn't been able to train very much, you know, and then at a certain point when she decided to play, I would imagine way underdone in terms of where she would have normally been in right. those same circumstances. So now you don't even have the physical part to kind of help push you along mentally and emotionally. You're in a different space because, you know, you've, you know, you're embracing different parts of your life fully uh, right. because you know we have we have players you know if you look at, at men who've had families and you know have a little more contentment they still can manufacture that fire I think it's the same for a female with Serena now the difference I think is that for this period of time 12 plus months that is a long time to be out of competitive play I think it becomes yeah. harder for anybody at this stage the age and all of the other you know focuses that she has in her life well, let me ask you this question because, you know, as a coach, I'm thinking about, so how do you mentally prepare for this, right? Because you look at the last few tournaments, her next match could be her last match or it could be two or three matches after, right? Um, and, you, you know, as a player, you want to think about, okay, what am I going to say if I should, if this is my last yeah. match, what am I going to say? But then you're detaching yourself from the win because you're like, oh, this ain't my last match. I got six more matches to go. To the final, yeah. right? But we at so so you know you had a very successful career and it all had to come to an end at some point. How did you process your last? Like you know this, this is Serena's last tournament, but we don't know if Monday or Tuesday is going to be your last match, right? Yeah. How did you sort of prepare for the win, but also be ready for what you're going to say? Because it's going to be you're going to have a, have to have a whole lot to say after the fact, right? From the, the the ESPN desk, the tennis channel desk, the, yeah. you know, you're gonna have to have a lot to say. So how do you, how do you think she's preparing for that? Cause that's tricky. I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, for every player, it's a bit different. And you certainly think about Serena playing into her forties, right? And then kind of at this point, orchestrating, you know, on her own terms, how to go out of the game. I mean, she wrote, wrote a Vogue article, that was in the works, had that plan, you know, she's kind of kept it tight to the vest, but there's right. some planning that has gone on uh, in terms of getting to this place where she announced, um, you know, that she was evolving out of tennis. So you have time to plan. You, you feel like it's more in your own terms, which is what an athlete wants, number one. That's the ideal, whatever that means to you. And, but then you consider these tournaments that she's playing, maybe, you know, Wimbledon kind of helped inform her decision a little more. You know, she maybe wasn't sure how she'd come out, how things would go. Um, 
you know, and then each subsequent tournament, I think helps you kind of figure that part out even more once, even once you've made the decision. And I, it was funny in Canada after her match, who knows how she thought she might feel, how she was feeling physically, if that came into play. But after the match, you know, they went and tried to talk to her, a little interview, and she was like, I'm, I, I can't do it, I'm done. And she kept walking. I think that maybe before the match, she might've been okay with talking and thought she'd be okay. But once she's in the moment, it's like, no, I, I'm still, I'm mad about this. Right, right. <laughs> like, you know, so I think even when you think you've prepared, you're never prepared. You don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know what emotions are going to come into play. You don't know even within the match that could be close to your last match because it's close to your last tournament. Even in that match, you don't know how you're going to feel. What's going to come into play? You're down, you know, three, two under normal circumstances. You keep fighting down four, two. In this circumstance, you might be thinking, I'm close to losing. Is this, the, is this it? That would never come into play. Right. you know, in any other case. And so I think a lot of it is going to be unknown, unknown, uncharted territories for her. And especially at the U.S. Open, each match, I would imagine would have, you know, more pressure, more emotion, you know, more desire, uh, you know, for winning. And that changes the whole game, you know, that, that changes everything. So we're, we're going to see, um, but it's, I think it's going to be a challenge in, in more ways than one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let me ask you this about the, the opponents, right? Because I've watched very intimately people play her, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a number of reactions to it. Number one, I think they get close and they get like disbelief that, oh, I'm actually mm -hmm. competing, actually, you know, and they sort of just sort of go away, right? Or Serena takes yeah. it from them. Mm -hmm. Number two, they just happen to be on the court with them. And they like focused on, Wow, at the end of me getting my ass whooped, I'm gonna give a good hug to Serena, right? And it's still a career moment for me. Yeah. And then you see people who now, uh, like I looked at her play Radicano, and I don't think for a moment Radicano didn't think she was gonna win. And I saw Radicano, who normally does a lot of fist pumping, a lot of hands in the air. I saw her sort of tone it down a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And play a little more quietly out of respect. Yeah. What do you think the person that draws Serena in the first round is going to feel? Because, I mean, you know, who wants to be the one to send out the greatest of all? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like a good and a bad. There could be some hate mail that comes after that to that person. So what do you think that they're going to feel? I mean, you know, they oh, maybe need to they feel, right? They need, they maybe need to channel a little Roberta Vinci because <laughs> that was, <laughs> if that was the epitome um, you know, just staying in the moment and not thinking about history and, and everything that was a part of it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when, when she beat Serena, uh, when Serena was going for the Grand Slam, you know, uh, that, was, that was incredible. I think first round, 
second round, I mean, depending on, you know, how Serena progresses, whoever plays her and is in her path, they've got to work probably just as hard or harder to put all of that out of their minds. And especially if it's the first time they played Serena. So there's some, there's, you know, some nuances that could come into play. I mean, if they are playing her for the first time, they're going to be dealing with the unknown and, and not knowing quite what to expect, not knowing how she's going to play. And is she going to be close to the great Serena or is she not? So that's going to be a tricky kind of mindset to overcome. But, but even to think about getting close in the match to winning, does that come into play for them? Do they mm. start to doubt or do they start to think, you know, I'm beating Serena and this is history and they can't handle the moment. You know, right. Serena can handle moments. We've seen that even right. when she's not playing as well for a player up against her. We don't know so much. That's going to, that's going to be a real question um, over the course. And it depends on how the match goes. I mean, is it going to be a blow? Is it a blowout or is it a routine match? If somebody beats her, is it a hard fought battle where they're close and they're in the match and they overthink it and, and maybe, you know, lose it that, I mean, there's so many things that come into play during a tennis match and you just gotta be ready, gotta be yeah. ready for them all. And that opponent, I think is going to be absolutely in that space. Gotta be ready. Cause I remember the Naomi Osaka US Open Serena match a couple years ago, right? And Naomi was crying at the end and almost apologizing for winning, right? That That's the thought, you know what I mean? When I look at the different reactions I've seen to people where they just yeah. get close and get scared and let it slip away or, they like get a little disrespectful or they curtail their excitement out of respect or they just feel guilty, right? Because like, damn, yeah. I know y'all want to win, but, eh. or Vinci's like, cheer for me too. I mean, yeah. I'm out here killing myself, <laughs> cheer for me. I was like, all right, you know? So so I, that, that's why I'm just very, it's gonna be very interesting to see A, who she draws and B, how they handle it. Um, yeah. Absolutely. You know. I mean, it, it, I mean, it gives you, you know, just an idea of, of, you know, how special, you know, Naomi Osaka was, you know, to handle that moment the way she did and still win that match. I mean, how many players could have done that? And, you know, this person who has to play her players, um, who have to play her potentially plural, they will have to absolutely deal with some unknowns and a situation that they've never been in before. That's facts. And how do they handle it? That's the question for every player before every match. But this one is, is an even bigger question. So when I try to sum up like her, you know, what she's meant to women's sports, you know, I got a daughter. So I was like, one of the, the, the her legacy, and I'm going to ask you your opinion of her legacy, right? Serena's legacy to me is showing young girls that it is okay to compete, right? When you think about like, when I think about just, outward competitiveness. I think about Serena and Navratilova. Mm. Just in terms of outward competitiveness, right? And I think that so many times girls are taught to be nice and to share and to, you know, be caring and that kind of thing, where boys are like, I'm gonna give y'all, I'm gonna give two boys one ball and let y'all fight over it. And it's okay, right? It's okay to wrestle <laughs> and it's okay to compete. Where girls, you know, when girls really start competing and like being like, hard even in the workplace they call them bees or they call them well she's tough or that kind of thing mm, and i think mm -hmm. serena to me the message that she sent to my daughter right is that it's okay to go after what you want unapologetic unapologetically be seen as mean be seen as intimidating 
right? But to achieve, like, regardless of what anybody says. What do you, what is her legacy to you? Because you're closer to her than I am. You played her. What do you think? I think that's absolutely a part of what her legacy is. You know, that, you know, she, she didn't shy away from these big moments, from the stress of it, from the challenge of it, you know, from showing that you wanted it, because that's the other part for women and for girls, you know, it's like, you know, don't, don't be too outwardly grasping and, and wanting too much and, you know, kind of, kind of stay in your space and, and, you know, be respectful. And, and I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. But I think with how Serena just put it out there, you know, it highlighted it and it, it makes it okay. It makes, you know, that young girl looking at her feel like, you know what, I can go and, you know, show that, that I want this, show that I feel I deserve it, because that's another thing for women, like, feel, like, do I deserve it? Maybe it's, you know, someone else should have it, or maybe I should give a little bit, share a little bit. Serena's like, no. I want all of it. I want every match. I want every win. I want every title. And as an athlete, we all tap into that at some point. But Serena has helped inspire, you know, so many to, you know, not be apologetic about it and feel like, you know what, it's okay. And, and to even be a model, even to even be, you know, someone that you can emulate in that way. And it makes you better. It makes, you know, it makes you, um, you know, be able to fulfill your full potential, you know, and because you feel like Serena, like she has, she has gotten her full potential. That's doesn't mean there weren't matches she could have won or, you know, tournaments, but she has fully grasped, you know, what was there for her. And when she didn't, you knew it was not because she didn't give it her absolute all. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing to feel like that at the end, win or lose. Mm. So last question, and this is a hard one. Who's your pick on the women's side for the U.S. Open? You're not going to give me just a layup or something. Come out. I mean, <laughs> who can predict? I mean, you look at who's won, you know, the last three years of, of majors on the women's side. I mean, it's, it's, Almost a different winner, you know. A first time winner, almost. First time winners in a lot of cases. I mean, it has been difficult to predict. You know, I'm going to go out on, on not so big of a limb and I'm going to say Coco Golf. You know, I, I think, you know, there's some players, you know, she's made some breakthroughs this year and she has been impressive. Obviously the final at Roland Garros, her first major final, um, you know, she's now number one in the world in doubles. What an accomplishment. I mean, it's, it's truly, uh, you know, been remarkable to see how she has just continued to push forward with seemingly very little hiccups, you know, seemingly very little regression which would be normal in any case, you know, for a player, um, you know, relatively inexperienced coming out their first, you know, two or three years on tour. But, you know, she's been incredible uh, in that way. So I, I think, you know, she's as good a pick as any. I mean, she's hungry. She wants it physically. Is she, you know, going to be close to 100%, a grand slam, you know, two weeks, the physical comes into play a lot more um, along with the mental. So that's, you know, some questions about that maybe. For anybody, so I think you know I'm gonna go a little bit. 
that's a safe, that's a safe, you know, I, I actually think that that's a safe pick. And I think that's really interesting that the 18 and 19 year old is a safe pick. That's crazy. I mean, right? when I look at, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's actually a really safe pick given that she's moving forward, not defending, not trying to mm -hmm. regain what she once had. Right, yeah. like Sweet Attack's trying, like, oh, should have had the run 30, 30 some matches, and now wouldn't lost. be a surprise. Right. Would not be a surprise not if Coco Golf won, uh, and <laughs> that says a lot. So you know what I think? I think it's Madison's time. Hmm. I think she's got the weapons. She's playing well. She seems to be. I always felt like her her aggression dial was always turned up a little too much. And they got a little bit out of control at times when she probably just needs to make yeah. another ball or two. And I feel like when I'm watching her this summer, she looks a lot more under control. Um, and I think she's due for one. That's a good you know one what I mean? Too. That's a good pick too. I'm, I'm, you know, I am. I like it. And you know, she's a former finalist. You know, and I think she four has years ago, right? Yeah, the, the one thing about Coco, which I think she will continue to develop, and they know what they're doing, right? So this is like not mm -hmm. a criticism but there's no clear cut weapon. Right. Right. That when she like really needs a point, she can get it by doing bang, bang. Right. Where I think Madison yeah. has the ability to take points. That's true. Yeah. Pressure. And so I think that'll be my pick. Um, like just it. based on this summer. And I think she's due for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she's so she's impressive. I mean, she's been impressive and especially in, in Cincinnati, you know, the way she seemed to, as you said, you know, dial back just a little when she needed to. I mean, you're still talking about big, heavy shots off of her racket, but just enough to make balls and points and extend rallies, one or two extra balls. That could be huge, um, yeah. you know, during the U.S. Open. Yeah. So I always I like, like you know, all my friends play basketball. I'm like the only one of my friends that played tennis, but I always, I always talk about go get me a bucket. Right. Let me give mm. Russell Westbrook. Go get me a bucket. Right. Or James Harden. Right. They just know how to go get a bucket. And I think Madison has that. Mm. Okay. You need, you need a point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she can go get a point where some of the other players, even sweet attack, they kind of like defend. Mm -hmm. And if you make a mistake, then they'll step up and pop you, but they're not really going to get a point. You know what I mean? So I think that yeah. that's the part where I think this U.S. Open uh that'll become important i look at the temperature it's gonna be hot right so that's good yeah points she can go yeah. get points stay off the court you know for you know keep her like on court match time down i think she makes it all the way to the end so that's my pick Ooh, i'm going out I, right. normally don't pick, I normally don't pick women's tennis matches i normally just <laughs> saying right. you just normally watch and, and you know see I, what happens i just watch and critique and take notes you know and, uh, uh, well, Chanda, I want to thank you. You know, it was, um, we are about to witness history. Uh, hopefully Serena makes it all the way to the end and we get to see seven more matches of greatness. Uh, uh, how fun, how, how wonderful and amazing, incredible uh, that would be to cap oh, an incredible, amazing career, right? Uh, U.S. Open praying for that. Them tickets are going to be yeah. double the price, right? They're happy. They're like, can we close the roof for you? Can we make it rain for you if you get down three, two? What can we do? So, you know, <laughs> let me be quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm revealing you are crazy people. like a fox. I know, right? <laughs> well, Chanda, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this is we fun. enjoy listening to you. We enjoy your analytics. 
we, well, we we still looking for you to show that other thing in your repertoire to coaching, you know. So uh, don't be <laughs> I'm gonna afraid. keep that in mind. Take some I appreciate the vote of confidence too. I appreciate that. I can mentor you in that process. I can mentor you. I can take. I don't doubt it. I, look, and look, I will, I will come to you. Don't even, right. don't even, don't even doubt that. <laughs> All right. This has been fun. It's been a pleasure. So thanks this for having is, me. This has been the Tennis.com podcast with Chanda Rubin. Thanks for listening.